Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. And up first in today's country comment, Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture will stop by to take a look at the province's latest weekly crop report. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us today on the program is Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture to talk about the weekly crop report. Right now we're sitting at about 65% seeding progress across Agri-Manitoba. That's about 20% behind our three-year average. And uh, despite having some challenging weather conditions, we did make some rapid progress over the past week. However, with the rainfall uh, from Friday through Sunday, over much of Manitoba that has put a, a damper on many uh, farmers' operations right now. In terms of rainfall, you know, um, what did we see uh, as far as amounts? It was highly variable. In some areas, they had less than a millimeter. In other areas, it was as much as seven inches in a single shot. Uh, generally, rainfall amounts were localized, in some cases even down to the quarter section, while neighbors a mile or two away might have received significantly less. For the most part, areas that did receive rain received between 15 and 25 millimeters. Were there parts of the province that um, could use some of this rain? Uh, it's it's difficult to, to say that because farmers are wishing for rain with one breath and, and uh, hoping it stays away with another. Seed that was in the ground earlier or, in, or fields that had been worked uh, extensively in order to dry the ground in order to support machinery traffic had seed go into dust in some cases and certainly benefited from a rain where it was able to reach into that seed zone and germinate that seed and bring it out of the ground soon. However, um, other fields were extremely wet and are still uh, saturated with moisture and are being uh, hard to access for farmers and farm machinery, and that's resulting in delayed seeding. Now, what are some of the crops that are um, going into the ground at this time? Right now, most producers are focusing on soybeans and canola. Uh, most cereals in most regions are over 50% complete, and in some cases nearing 100% done. Uh, so we're looking at some of the later season crops, or crops that can handle uh, being seeded later into May and into early June, and still provide reasonable returns on yield. And crops that are emerging, how are they looking? So far, emerged crops uh, looked really good. Um, Despite those cool, cold conditions in early May, um, as seed went to the ground, it saw moisture and, and the temperature warmed up. So seed has shot to the ground in near record time in some cases, a um, very short amount of time from seeding to emergence. That was Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture discussing the latest weekly crop report. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. While food prices are on the rise, many Canadian households are spending less on food. Dr. Sylvain Charlebois is a professor at Dalhousie University. Based on calculations, since the beginning of the pandemic, uh, the average household may have actually saved about $400 uh, just staying home and cook. So even though food prices are going up, you're basically saving uh, while sp- staying at home. So if that becomes addictive for some people, well, people may actually stay home a little bit longer and may save some money. But if you don't, of course, if you go back to work and you do actually commute and uh, and you have to stay away from home for a while, you'll consume more food outside the home. You do get less for your dollar when you spend outside the home. 
Charlebois says it's likely that higher food prices are here to stay for some time. Manitoba Agriculture says cutworms are being found in some fields. Also, flea beetles are being noted in some canola fields. There were no reports of pathogenic diseases in field crops. The province says now that the heat and moisture has weeds jumping, there are regrets about missing the pre-seed window. And Manitoba farmers have started seeding fields for the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Here's regional rep Gordon Jansen. Uh, we've got around uh, in the high 30s of growing projects. This year we're happy to have two new projects that are uh, starting up. One project that has, is resuming after a few years without a field. It's great to have those uh those new ones. Jansen says the most common crops being grown this year in Manitoba are wheat, canola, and soybeans. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, May 28th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Canadian Cattlemen's Association President Bob Lowe. The next generation of farmers and ranchers are raising concerns over the mounting cost of doing business during COVID-19. Yesterday, the Canadian Cattlemen's Association held a Zoom conference called Feeding the Future, which involved three farm and ranch families focusing on how COVID-19 is impacting their operations. CCA President Bob Lowe sets the stage for us as to the roles and situation in the beef industry. COVID-19 has caused the slowdown or complete stoppage of of the two, well, of, of numerous packers, but the two big ones, which process about 80% of the cattle. What that does is the system is designed to be very efficient to get food, beef from the, from the producer to the grocery store or to the customer. Um, when it slows down, that backs up cattle. If they aren't, if they aren't processing to pretty much full capacity, that backs up cattle in the feeding operation because they they'll be ready to go, ready to be processed, but they can't get they can't get there. So as long as I can't empty a pen of cattle in my feedlot because I can't get them processed, that means I can't refill that pen further down the line from somebody who's known in the industry as a backgrounder and they just grow the cattle up and prepare them for the for the last 100 or 150 days on full feed on a high energy feed. So when those people can't sell those cattle, then then they don't get their cash flow to do whatever they need to do, put their crop in. If it goes on long enough, it will affect the calf crop next fall, the prices on the, on the calves are being born right now. CCA President Bob Lowe talking about some of the impacts of COVID-19. Now, the CCA's Feeding the Future Zoom conference brought together young ranchers from across Canada, including Kendra Donnelly from Acme, Alberta. Kendra and her husband are involved in Corova and Rimrock feeders with her parents, sister, and brother-in-law. And Kendra talked about how COVID-19 is impacting her concerns. Farming and ranching is already highly risky. Many things we can't control and now to add COVID to the mix worries me, especially now as a mother and looking at the future of farming and ranching for my son. I would consider myself the next generation farmer and rancher, but COVID may wipe my generation out of this business. 
We may lose an entire generation due to COVID-19 because of the losses we may face as we try to sell our, our cattle. Alberta and Canada rely on family farms and ranches to provide food to Canadians. And I would like Canadians to know that we love providing that food security and high quality products on grocery store shelves. But to face these financially devastating times, it may not be worth taking that risk any longer. The rural communities rely on agriculture. The country simply can't afford losing the next generation family farms and ranches in these communities. We also can't afford losing an entire industry to this pandemic. This is what we are faced with as we work through COVID devastation on the family farm and ranch. I think sometimes, especially now as a mother and even as a rancher and farmer, take for granted the food on our grocery store shelves. As a young farmer and rancher, I still am optimistic that food security will become Canada's priority as we look to the future after COVID-19. COVID-19, however, is shining light on how big, how important, and how complex our food supply chain really is. And many countries make this their priority. Food comes first. My hope is Canadians look to food security as a priority so we continue to innovate and become global leaders in this. We have the resources to do it. We're actually very lucky. We have the land, water, and energy. Now we just need to make it priority as a country to be global leaders in growing and providing high quality, sustainable food for Canadians. That's Kendra Donnelly from Corova and Rimrock Feeders at Acme, Alberta. She was one of three producers that took part in the CCA's Zoom conference, Feeding the Future, which looked at how COVID-19 is impacting young ranching and farming families across the country. For Golden West, I'm Glendale Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendale. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo is back again today to talk about enhancements to the Youth Employment and Skills Program. Well, actually, it's a double. it doubled in terms of the number of jobs available. Uh, this program is really to encourage um, young people who are interested in the sector, who are looking at it as a career. Uh, you know, if you compare it to the Canada Summer Job, which is, you know, uh, finding a, a summer job, which is not necessarily directly related to uh, to your future um, work, you know, the uh, your, your passion. This program is more uh, dedicated for those who are looking into uh, having a career in the agricultural sector. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic and, and how that's going to impact um, labor shortages. It's a major issue, um, specifically in the in the food sector. Um, this is why we are working so hard to get temporary foreign workers. Uh, there are delays, obviously, uh, but still uh, we are collaborating very well with my colleague at uh, the Minister of Immigration and the Minister of Foreign Affairs to make sure that we we um, make the processes as fast as we can, that we um, have a very good relation with the countries where these uh, workers are coming from so we can have them here 
in the in the biggest numbers possible, but still, it remains uh, a big challenge. It's a challenge also in terms of of encouraging uh, Canadians to apply. These are very difficult jobs. It's it's hard to be a farmer. It's hard to be to work on a farm. It's hard to to work uh, in a in a processing plants but it's so important it's it's critical for our food safety um, and we are also trying to support uh, as best as we can through guidance but also through financing for example with the uh, the 77.5 million dollars that we have given to uh, meat uh, not only meat but food processors uh, so they can uh, uh, retrofit or you know make improvement to their uh, to their plant to make sure that their workers are working in a safe environment. That was Federal Agriculture Minister Marie Claude Bebo talking about enhancements that were made to the Youth Employment and Skills Program. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars are being held Tuesday evening starting at 7 o'clock. You can email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. Keystone Agricultural Producers is partnering with Manitoba Agriculture to host a webinar entitled Cultivating Your Way to Burnout. The webinar will focus on fatigue awareness and management for farmers. It takes place June 9th starting at noon. The Manitoba Agricultural Museum near Austin will be reopening its doors to the general public Friday, May 29th with reduced hours and new safety measures. You can follow them on social media for more information. The official Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is available online. This is endorsed by the province and Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Visit huntercourse.com to register. And the 2020 Manitoba Sheep Association show and sale has been cancelled for this summer. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon. We'll continue our conversation with Manitoba Agriculture's Dane Frase, who is looking at the latest weekly crop report. I asked Dane to talk about insect or disease concerns. There's limited disease concern right now. However, insect pressure has been noted uh, in terms of cutworm and sea beetle activity. Um, crops haven't been scouted extensively at this point, so we don't know where cutworm damage is going to be severe quite yet, but we have noted that diamondback moths are also being uh, found in traps at low numbers, but uh, it is an indicator that those numbers could continue to rise. Flea beetles are found on volunteer canola and are having uh, heyday out there, as consuming as much as they can, and they will soon move to the emerging canola. So producers are cautioned to scout regularly and be vigilant with flea beetle activity. However, uh, we are expected to see less uh, foliar spraying for flea beetles this year since canola seed that was in the ground has jumped out of the ground a little quicker, a little sooner. So those flea, or seed treatments on, or those flea beetle seed treatments on canola are expected to work a little better this year. And how are the uh, winter cereals looking? Uh, winter cereals are, are generally looking fairly well. Uh, there are have been some reported issues with uh, fall rye having um, crown root growth deficiencies or growth symptoms. Uh, seems to be a little bit uh, a combination of weather and compaction in the field situation. Um, but overall, they've greened up quite nicely and uh, in-crop herbicide applications are occurring. 
And lastly here, uh, just talk a little bit about um, pastures and dugouts and how things are looking there. Pasture regrowth has still been slow to date, but is is quickly uh, speeding up. Um, so pastures, for the most part, are still not able to support cattle uh, for a long term on that pasture, and, and producers might be sacrificing certain pastures uh, and continuing to provide supplemental feed. Cattle producers were certainly hoping for rain on some pastures in order to spur growth, particularly in the northwest region of Manitoba, and it needed that moisture in order to, to resume growth. Anything else, Dane? Or? With excessive amounts of rain in the Starbucks, Eli areas, and near Riding Mountain National Park, crops that were in the ground um, are, are, are being exposed to inundation, and in some cases some overland flooding and, and water pooling in low-lying areas and field ditches. So producers have been out there uh, attempting to drain water off the landscape. Uh, since crops do not handle um, being submerged early on in the season when they're at a critical growth stage. So right now we're looking at canola that could survive about up to three days in standing water, uh, less if it's still a seedling or, or still a seed, and perhaps a little longer if the soil is only saturated. So certainly if producers are able to remove water from the landscape and, and uh, salvage some of the crop in those areas, it's uh, certainly a great idea to do so. That was Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Farmers have begun seeding fields for the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Here's Manitoba Rep. Gordon Jensen. Seeding has uh, been going ahead fairly fairly well for most of the growing projects, although it was slow in getting started. You know, it's uh, it pretty cold and some of the, the ground was pretty wet. Uh, to for a while in, into May. But now at the end of May, I think, I think a lot of the projects are, have been able to get going. Jansen says they have close to 40 grow projects this year. And a food professor at Dalhousie University says we better get used to higher food prices. Dr. Sylvain Charlebois. This year, uh, we were already expecting a uh, high food inflation rate back in December for 2020. That's not going to change the problem is that the general inflation rate is going to be very low. So a 4% will probably feel more like a 10%. It's good news for people who want to stay home and cook because uh, you'll save money, but uh, it's bad news for people who will likely go back to their own ways, go out to the restaurants and things like that because you're probably going to be spending way more than, uh, than before. Charles Bois says each household in Canada is saving approximately $5 a day by cooking at home and avoiding restaurants. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.